Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. And hello, Stevie. How are we doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Happy Friday to you. Happy New Track Week to you. Happy New Track Week to you. Yes, we are here. Uh, today's star date is star date 143123.2. And we are discussing Discovery Season 4, Episode 3, entitled Choose to Live. Choose to live. Choose to live. Oh, also, uh, this is our show. We should say that our show is now. Yes, it is. It's called Set Phasers. It's a highly illogical Star Trek podcast, and you are here with us now. Yeah, you are. Lucky, lucky ducks. Yeah, hello. And if you're, hey, listen, we don't like to brag, but uh, if if you're one of our Patreons, you're watching live, and I'm so, so sorry for how I look, but it can't be helped. (laughs) Just my face is like. I like I, I like your face. Is that the Virgin Mary behind you? I'm not sure. I don't know. That's like what a, is that behind you? It's some sort of saint. I'm not sure. I have no, no idea. A saint. Okay. I'm in well, my if you are a home. patron, yes. <laughs> if you are a patron of ours, you can watch us live running it down. Uh, only at and Aki dancing, of course, which he is doing now, distracting me at patreoncom phasers and you can become a patron of ours to get behind the scenes access, exclusively early access to our. Uh, uh, Exclusive early access to episodes and more. So please do join us at uh, patreon.com, set, uh, patreon.com forward slash set, set phasers. That's a yes. tongue twister. Killer Warrior Tom, Romulan Nun. Yeah, we're about to get into it. Also, uh, I have in my notes here that we have another Patreon subscriber uh, watch party coming up on the, on the 12th of December, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. Yes. And we don't... Uh, we haven't picked an episode yet, I don't think. We're going to have to see what uh, Netflix will allow us to watch, basically. <laughs> or we could do Amazon, too. No, I right. think most we're people said they've got Prime. Oh, nice. Yeah, okay. we're, well, we're figuring We're going to figure it out. We're going to have a party. So, hey, listen, you sign up before the 12th, you get invited to the watch party. It's a Sunday afternoon, and we all we do is talk nerdy things and watch Star Trek. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. It's a good. We just. I shut my wife out, and I I go into my little office cave, Mm -hmm. and we do this. It's great. Yeah, I shut my imaginary wife out and go into my (laughs) uh, just into my normal room. (laughs) Mm. Uh, I haven't. I don't leave the room. I just uh, nothing changes for me. I'm just watching Trek with people, but we'd love to see you there. That's all. Well, we've got a great episode that came out this week. Some heavy. Some heavy stuff going down. I think maybe we should just run it down. Let's run it down. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down for me? Okay. Okay. Let's get into it here. Uh, 
so far in season four, what we've discovered is that there's a like five light year wide space anomaly that's eating up planetary systems like like a hungry, hungry hippo. And that's a situation we're trying to deal with. And there's a lot of interpersonal stuff going on. But uh, some of the good news from last season is that there's plenty of dilithium. And now that Starfleet and the Federation are back, they're trying to deliver dilithium to planets in need. And so we begin this episode on the USS Credence. And there's a first officer and they're getting ready to deliver some dilithium to some planet. But when they let their shields down, there's an intruder alert and they're attacked. They're attacked by... The aforementioned killer Romulan warrior nuns, a.k.a. the Coat Milat, uh, who are there to steal their dilithium. The first officer fights and is killed, uh, even though they, uh, the, the, the Coat Milat in charge says choose to live. He chooses to fight and he dies, which, you know what? We can chat about it when we chat about it. But I feel like, you know, Starfleet would understand if he was like, I didn't want to possibly die for this just a commodity. You know what I mean? But yeah, I whatever. Hear that. He decides to be a hero. He dies. Uh, and it causes a big stink because apparently there have been thefts by this same Coat Milan sister, who is Sister Javini. Uh, but this is the first time she's killed someone, apparently. So a council is called. It's the president of Navarre. It's the president of the Federation, Michael, Admiral Vance. Uh, and also a representative of the Coat Milan, none other than Michael's mother. Known as Dr. B, Dr. Burnham, DRB, the notorious DRB is back on this episode. So that's wonderful. They had coordinates in that dilithium. Another reason why, in hindsight, I feel like that first officer should have stood down. But so they know where Javini must have gone. They know where this dilithium must have gone and they want to pursue the matter. However, it's very sensitive time. Navarre has yet to join the Federation. Uh, President Rillick wants them to join the Federation, but... Uh, it's 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 this co-op Milan sister has killed a, a Starfleet uh, 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 officer and they need to bring her to justice, but they can't do that over the wishes of the co-op Milan. So a joint uh, mission is proposed, a mission where uh, co-op Milan and the Federation work together to hunt down Javini to bring her to justice. They're going to do it while respecting the co-op Milan ways, but also. Uh, Michael is taken aside by President Rillick, who says, you got to be in charge, but you need to bring this person in because uh, Starfleet needs to show strength by capturing this Javini. Otherwise, people are going to lose confidence. But at the same time, keep respecting Navarre because because it's tentative and we want Navarre to join the Federation. Uh, meanwhile, Tilly runs into Saru at lunch and she asks if she can water his flowers because she's been talking to Dr. Culber. And apparently, since her comfort zone is no longer comfortable, she's decided to get outside of her comfort zone doing uncomfortable things. Saru's like, sure, you can water my flowers. One of them is dangerous. But he's like, but I'll try to find something that really gets you out of your comfort zone. Uh, Michael actually goes to visit Book because they're going to use his ship to chase down Javini. And they find out that Stamus is working on a new theory. He's got this theory that the anomaly is a, quote, primordial wormhole. Uh, he also come with a nickname for the dark matter anomaly. He's calling it the DMA, the dark matter anomaly. And uh, they just need to see if they can find some tachyons to prove that it's a wormhole, yada, yada, yada. They're headed to Navarre to ask the Navarre Science Institute to help them. So you can see this is a very tricky, balancey time with Navarre and Starfleet. Uh, uh, also happening on the ship, this is probably the, the C plot line, Gray is getting... 
his new body and Guardian Z is showing up and they're going to try to transfer Grey's consciousness from the symbiote inside of Adira into the, the synthetic body that Grey has. But Guardian Z is concerned because he's like, you know, this may not work. It may take a while. We're not entirely sure we're going to be able to transfer your consciousness appropriately. We may lose you forever. It's a chance you got to take. So those are the three big things that are happening this episode. Uh, Saru suggests that Tilly goes on this away mission with Michael, even though she's not really a combat person, you know, this will be great to get her out of her comfort zone. And maybe Tilly's intuitive diplomatic skills will also be helpful in keeping everyone's tempers under control. Uh, so they head off in search of Javini. The, uh, there's a brief discussion between Dr. Burnham and, Captain Michael regarding whether or not they think Javini is justified in her actions, what could be the justification thereof, and whether or not, you know, how to bring this person in without offending the Co-op Milat and Navarre, but also satisfying the Federation's demands. They arrive at the coordinates. Uh, they're on like a, I guess they're on like a, looks like a moon sort of asteroid, big rock circling a planet, and they find that it's, it's hollow underneath, so they're going to go down. Uh, Dr. B is like, you can't go with your phasers because you got to do this a co-op in a lot way. So they give Tilly and Michael swords just in time for intruders to attack the ship. And there's some fighting. And guess who shows up? Javini. And, oh, there's another co-op Milat. So there's two co-op Milat. There's Michael's mother and an unnamed co-op Milat whose name we so didn't. She's such a red shirt that at no point mm-hmm. did anyone say, oh, Tanya, uh, replace the EPS jingle jangles they were just like your your job is to show up and die and uh she does get killed by Javini. <laughs> that's it. end of story super red shirt moment. do we have a red shirt moment thing i don't think we do no you need to make one i thought i thought i no you're right what would no. it be oh, we could do we don't need to <laughs> um I, I feel like it would be a hey do you want to come down to the planet or something yeah. like that what would it be it would be know. like i'm so glad to be on this away mission oh yes Eyes, look your last. My um, first away mission. How exciting. <laughs> this is really exciting. I'm so glad I chose command staff. Okay. Mm. Well, I'll work on we'll that. We'll figure that out. That's that's hard to do with an audio clip. <laughs> that's tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my we're gonna have top people working on that. So they're attacked. <laughs> Javini kills the person, but they manage to sort of like fend off everyone else. Only Javini is left. She basically says uh, because Javini is the one who nursed Michael's mother back to help when Michael's mother arrived in the future, you know, sick from time sickness or whatever, and weak and without a place to go and not knowing whether anyone would be able to follow. So there's a connection there. And so, you know, Dr. B wants to save Javini. So Javini says, uh, if you leave now, you can live. But if you follow me, your lives are forfeit. And of course, Michael, Tilly and Dr. B decide they're going to follow. Meanwhile, uh, they're able to get Grey Tal's consciousness out of out of the Tall symbiote, and uh, well, maybe they're putting the whole Tall symbiote's consciousness into Grey. I, I didn't understand whether or not Adira is no longer a host or what's happening there. I guess that'll be explained in the future. The science eluded me. I think it's not science, and it was all a bit fuzzy anyway. Yes, very very fuzzy science. Anyway, they're able to get the 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 unjoining. And but the consciousness is not yet being sensed within Gray's body, and they'll have to wait. Oh, by the way, remember we couldn't remember the name of the doctor who is the other doctor other than Culver. Well, in capital letters, Doctor Pollard is the the other doctor on the ship, the one who I feel like 
if Culper becomes like, okay, this is chat stuff. Anyway, her name's Dr. Pollard. Uh, Michael, Tilly, and Dr. B, they zoom into the cavern. The cavern looks like a crypt. There's like a dead uh, alien there, a species they've never seen before. It looks like the graves have been robbed. Javini's cloak is over one of these unnamed species. The dilithium has been activated. They find out it's not a tomb. It's not an asteroid. It's a ship. Uh, and so they go looking for the reactor. They Tilly takes out the reactor, and then Michael says, okay, power it down. And then stay here as bait for a trap to get Javidi. Meanwhile, uh, Stamets and Book go down to Navarre to work with the Navarre Institute on figuring out whether or not this could be a primordial um, wormhole. The Navarians? Any thoughts on that? Uh, Just the Navarre? Well, aren't they Vulcan? It's but they're confusing. not Vulcan. They're conjoined Vulcan, Romulan. In, in oh, the that's episode right. that's last season, there's like Romulans, Vulcans, and then people who are like mixed. That's right. And I forget what they're called. So I don't well, know. Well, yeah, I guess they're the Navarians. I'm going to call them Navarians until someone We're says corrected. they are the Navarre. The, or or they could, I mean, they could well be the Navarre. We are the Navarre. I the am Navarre. Navarre. The Navarre. Hmm. I, I am. I am Navarre. Yeah. From I am, Navarre. I am Navarre, far from Navarre. You like that? That's a nice <laughs> vocal warm up. Um, <laughs> obviously, I just came up with that. Anyway, like that. the Navarians scientists uh, <laughs> uh, enter a state of deep meditation, which obviously Stamets finds deeply uh, frustrating, but they're supposed to be working on the problem to see if there's any uh, tachyon radiation, which could prove that this is a wormhole because it's the only uh, requisite. Uh, item that is missing from the data and maybe it's in there somewhere uh adira is really worried about gray because gray still hasn't come out of the limbo that they're in and saru and culber have a conversation where saru acknowledges that culber is doing like a billion things on the ship and he's trying to do them well and it can be very hard and uh, adira goes to see gray's body and uh, speaks to the body but also maybe the consciousness that's trying to work its way through the body and takes gray's hand and says they can lead them back uh, into the, you know, into the body. Back to our main bloodline. Javini finds Tilly. Uh, and then Dr. B and Michael beam in. There's a big fight. Dr. B's like, I got this. Javini and Dr. B fight. Javini gets the upper hand, holds a knife to Dr. B's neck. She orders Tilly to repair the, the, uh, the dilithium reactor. Michael, you know, realizing what is going on here with the ship uh these after speaking to javini for a second these are abronians there was a, their star one supernova um their biomatter has uh concentrations of 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 what's it called latinum latinum remember latinum is like more precious than gold uh and so that's why people were robbing their quote graves but they're not graves they're cryostasis chambers and apparently something is wrong with the cryostasis because these people were supposed to wake up a long time ago and go to the planet that they're circling and the reason that javini was stealing dilithium is because javini needed to power the reactor to move this ship away from the planet in case the anomaly which is eating up star systems comes here to eat this planet because she has taken on their cause as a hopeless cause one that she will fight to the end so she gives michael enough time to try and fix the cryo chambers before uh, Tilly fixes the reactor uh, to maybe help defuse the situation, and then the quest can be at an end. 
Meanwhile, on Navarre, uh, Stamus has proven his theory is unproven because they cannot find any tachyon radiation. Uh, they look, they try one last ditch effort. Um, they think if they do a mind meld with Book, they can see what he saw, his, his, the, what he actually saw in the moment, his observations more clearly, and see if there's any superluminal, superluminal radiation, which I guess is what tachyons are. Superluminal, more more than luminous, extra luminous, big, more more than bright, more than bright. Anyway, they go into Book's mind. He has to relive the trauma of losing everyone. While he's in there, he has to go back to the memory of the last time he saw his nephew and his brother. And he sees that his nephew turned around and looked at him and saw that Book did love him. And this is a, a moment of releasing some anxiety and trauma that Book has been holding since the loss of his planet Quajon. And he is grateful for that moment. Uh, the president comes out and says, there's no evidence. There is no evidence of any superluminal radiation. And then says, my condolences are insufficient. And Book says, thank you. No tachyons present. No tachyons present. Uh, so... Michael on the weird planet where there's a hostage situation until he's trying to fix the reactor manages to fix the cryopods because that ain't nothing for your girl, Michael. And uh, the Abronians start to come alive and uh, Tilly fixes the engine so that they can go if the anomaly comes. So Javini's quest is at an end. She drops her sword. She turns herself in. She's arrested. They go back to bookship. And they fly back to Discovery. As they're flying back to Discovery, Tilly talks to Dr. B about how she's been feeling out of sorts. And Dr. B explains the whole co-op Miloth, co-op Miloth, the killer Romulan warrior nun uh, theory of paths. This idea of choosing a path and the path is choosing to live. And sometimes a path ends as Javini's did. And the next path is what the next path has to be. And that in order to find it, you have to be willing to look into yourself with, quote, absolute Absolute candor. candor. Absolute candor. Uh, Michael brings Javini uh, before the presidents of both Navarre and the Federation and Admiral Vance. And then Javini is remanded into the custody of Navarre over, obviously, the protestations of Michael and even Vance, who's uh, because the president wants Navarre in the Federation and so has to make this political move, even though Javini killed a Starfleet officer. It's a little complicated. I kind of get where all the parties are coming from there. Tilly visits Saru and his plants. Gray comes awake and alive. And he was able to hear Adira guiding him in and says that they'll always be linked. And the last scene is Book in his quarters, Michael's quarters. I don't know. He's on a bed. And he's looking at a hollow of the farce of Quajon. And he has his IQ Zen amulet on, which he hasn't worn in years. And Michael comes in and they talk and they lie together in the bed and they look up. At the forest. And that is the end of Choose to Live, uh, episode three of season four of Star Trek Discovery. Why don't we have a little chat about that? <gasps> let's have a quick chat. I say, darling, let's do a quick chat about that. Yes, yes, let's do. Let's do. Let's do. Let's do. Let's do. Anything, let's do. Anything particular that uh, you would like to discuss? Hmm. I mean, this whole DMA. Uh Uh-huh. Dark Matter Anomaly. Thank you. I wonder where it's coming from. Do we still think it could be... Do we think it could be a a being of its own? Do we think it could be the chain? 
I don't know why I did that because that was not the sound. Um, but yeah, so I'm still a little confused. I'm I was really glad that book got some closure. Yeah, thought that yeah. was really nice. Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing I I really liked about the episode just as a a one thought before we continue with deeper chat mm-hmm. at the end. Well, not it wasn't quite the end when Michael and Tilly looked at the alien species that were you know coming to life and leaving yeah. their ship. Um, Tilly said, oh, you did that. And Michael said, oh, no, we did that. And then they have a little hug. They do And I kind hugs. of thought, yeah, they do have a little hug. But I thought it was a really nice moment because here is Michael, captain of the ship. And we it's not like we ever saw Picard and Riker have a little hug <laughs> when something <laughs> went right, you know. And I just thought, yeah. I don't think we would have seen this. We've never seen this with any other crew before. Yeah. And I thought that was a really nice moment and something that's very distinct to discovery. This is true. I agree. There's a lot of uh, of dealing with like personal uh, their relationships. I mean, I always felt that of even now of all the modern Star Trek franchises before Discovery, the relationships between characters was strongest overall on TNG. That's kind of why you keep coming back. But it's usually not Picard having the great mm. relationship Picard's great leader great gives great speeches gives great advice but it's more like Riker and Deanna uh it's Jordy yeah. and Data you know so I love that in Discovery you get yes Tilly and Michael Michael and Book Saru and Michael Saru and Tilly everyone's got these interrelated and those are just every character is interrelated Culver and Stamets and Adira and Gray I mean that's like a a family right there um, yeah, that's also crew. It's just great. So I agree with that. Mm. Picard's always felt to me like he was sort of a father figure to everyone. They could be friends with him and they could have a good close relationship, but he still maintained a distance. So that was interesting. One other thought I had was around Gray's incorporation, if you like, to Gray LLC. Yeah. It was just mm-hmm. such a nice physical representation of transness. The nice moment that he had where he mm-hmm. didn't want that mole on his hand. And it speaks to the body that he's choosing to incorporate into right. and how he is coming into his own. And I thought, you know, obviously that's never really been done in Trek. Right. And they have used that species to do it before, but never to this extent. Right. And it was just really a lovely moment between the two of them when they were actually sort of able to see each other. And Gray had his coming of age in terms of a, a trans person. Right. And I think the relationship between Adira and Gray, I mean, they haven't been together since the accident on that ship that Adira was on, right? Since Gray died. and and Yeah, so, I mean, just a huge moment. And also Culver coming in, that family moment was so big. Yeah, it was so cute. Uh, I got a real real swell in my heart. I have to say, yeah, were you going to say something? Oh, no, I was a bit bummed he came in at that particular moment because they looked like they were going to have a little kiss. Well, they'll get and then to the Culver, kiss. I know. Come on, I know, gotta get but it was just Daddy cute. Culver. Well, he was very excited. Everyone's excited. I loved it. I had a little emotional moment when he came in and they had a hug. I thought it was really cute. Yeah. Everybody, I mean, listen, talk about aspiring dad energy. Like, I think a lot of people want uh, Dr. Hugh Culver to be their dad as well. <laughs> it's including Terps. people on the crew. Yeah. <laughs> like, I this episode, I even felt like Saru was like, man, I'd like it if <laughs> Culver was my dad. Uh, uh, I think there's a very, you bring up something that, re- that, that underscores a lot of what happens in this episode. Uh, and I love that the title works in this way, this idea of choosing to live 
Uh, mm. Life and choice are very much a part of uh, the quandaries everyone has in this episode. From Tilly's trying to choose what her next path is to Gray's mm. choice of a body and uh, uh, and literally to live to uh, to the co-op Milan obviously choosing to live. And then we find out that the longer phrase is uh, this is the end of your current path or whatever it is. Choose to live. I forgot. Did I write it down? The path you are on is at an end. Please choose to live. Uh, that, uh, and then also Michael and Book have that moment at the end, and Book has, you know, chosen to, to he says something to the effect of like, if I don't let my, if I don't open myself up to the grief, then I'll lose all the other memories of how special it is to be alive. So I thought I loved that union of, of all the elements of the story of this episode. Uh, I thought that was very sweet. And uh, I guess if I had one other big thing, I guess it's going to be the political shit seems really trenchant. Yeah, I, I thought I liked Rillick at the beginning that maybe, she, you know, she was saying Michael has my complete confidence and maybe they had come to some understanding. But it really feels like she's very much a, an operator, you know, and doesn't have something wrong with that. Uh, it just feels like this is so... You want Starfleet to be so aspirational and President Rillick is sort of failing to live up to that aspirational thing. But, you know, she's a conductor. Yeah, I think the real politic, if you like, is coming into play. But it's yeah. always existed. I think, you know, almost Starfleet admirals have in some way in Trek been the big bad mm-hmm. real politic. That Almost have... every time. <laughs> almost every time. Yeah. If, if you want to stay incorruptible, never get above captain. <laughs> yeah. Stay at captain for as long as you can. Yeah. All of all of the TOS movies are about Kirk being like, I should never have become an admiral. I should have just stayed a captain. Yeah. Uh, and I agree with that. It's an interesting subtext. So far, the only... Well, I haven't watched uh, Janeway's The, 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 the Kid Show. Prodigy, but I guess she's not really even an admiral on that show. She's like a hollow of a captain. But I was thinking the only captain who like it's important that they became admiral is Archer. True. Every other captain, Pike. Does Pike become an admiral? No, Pike dies. Spoiler alert. Yeah, but not before he's an admiral. Does he become Admiral Pike? I think so. Yeah, because he's he's an admiral Pike when he dies. I think that's true. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But he becomes Admiral Pike and then he dies. She stayed captain, is what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. uh, Picard becomes an admiral and then has a falling out with the Federation. You know, mm. d- don't become an admiral. It's that's not I feel like there should be two different paths in the academy and the command paths should stop at captain. And there should be some like politics, you know, half section thirty one specialty that leads you into the the like admiral chair because it seems like that's all just like being a drag except for this super cool captain whose name i uh admiral who who died in in episode uh season two karen oh yeah what was her last name oh wait hang on was that season two i think that was season two she remember she had like a thing with the real Lorca. that's right with Lorca. i like and then they can't defuse that bomb so she stays behind 
She was Wait, great. I thought she... Oh, that's right. She did stay behind. She, she had the, the near-death moment and then she really died. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blew anyway, her up to make sure. To make sure. She was the real... She was a real... She was what an admiral should be. She, like, show mm-hmm. up on the ship, lay down the law, bounce, show up on the ship, defuse a bomb, you know, give people... Yeah. Anyway, uh, how did we get here? <laughs> discussion of admirals. <laughs> uh, anyway... Yeah, I think the politics is going to play a major part. I'm, I'm, I keep waiting for the chain to come back. I assume the chain is not gone, but I, I don't know how it's going to manifest in, in this season. The chain is the new like Vulcan Star Empire or Rob, you know, Klingons. They're like the, the baddies. Yeah, like the the Rom. Well, Romulans. Hang on. So we had the Romulans, and then we had the Cardassians. Yes, we didn't like them. Klingons in TOS, Romulans in TNG, Cardassians in T Space Nine. Ooh, what is it in Voyager? It's kind of like a mix between the like Maquis, uh, who we mm. have to like, who they actually have to work with, because that's how the inciting incident the is Borg. like chasing the Maquis, and then in the end, it's True. the Borg. Catherine Jane Rice. Species one five nine two six four six four. Do you have the actual numbers? Because I was just making <laughs> no, those I up. I used to know it. You no. did. We we spoke about it recently. I, we had to yeah. Google it. We could Google it now if you want to. Uh, I can't Google anything because the setup I have is too crazy. <laughs> right would you here. like me to? I would love for you to Google what if species. You, want to know. you can Google that. Species 8472. 8472. Three of my favorite numbers and a seven. So I don't know why I can't remember that. Anyway. And then in Enterprise, it's the weird thing that blows up half the Earth. Uh, in episode in season three, where they have to go to that cloud. Man, Enterprise really takes is a trip. Anyway, great chat. I love this episode. Let's talk about quotable moments. Quotable moments. What did you have? I have so many. This was a very quotable episode. It was very quotable. <laughs> Toots, toots. I was going to say totally or totes. Tote. It was totally. It came out toots. Toots, decomposable. It's toots, decomposable. Tootsly quotable. Toots sweet. Tootsly quotable. Tootly. It was totally quotable. All right. I had. Can we discuss the schedule for the day? Science first, nap later. That was great. That was I a stamina stinger. That was a stamina stinger. Ooh. That stings. Nice. Ooh, we finally got to use it. <laughs> oh, no, we've never had to. We've never been able to use that. Uh, or very so rarely. I'm so glad you. Yes, you picked that one up. Ugh. Science now, nap later. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, I liked uh, Saru and Tilly. Saru says, "Be careful not to touch the swamp kelp while it is in bloom." And Tilly says, "Why? What happens if I do?" And Saru says, "It is better if you do not know." <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Actually, Saru again, it is difficult to ride what was it? Two veil beasts. Two veil beasts with only one set of buttocks. A be- what a, be- a beautiful language, Kelpian. It is. But it's a nice way of saying, you know, it's, it's hard to sit on two chairs because you can only do it half assed. I think whatever the phrase is. Yeah. I have, it was just I was a... Say, it's a good way of saying it's hard to sit on two chairs. Hmm. Yes. Couldn't agree more. Um,. I also liked uh, um, a touching moment between Book and Michael at the very end. Michael says, you seem peaceful. 
And Book says, in this moment, yeah. And Michael says, sometimes that's all we get. Mm. Mm. Juice a little. Book had another one. Indeed. I thought Book had another one where he was talking to the Navarre president and he said, a drowning man only needs one breath. Mm, that was heavy. That was a nice. That was yeah. a nice. It was a small, but it was effective. Yeah. All right, book. Okay, yeah. book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I really enjoyed Tilly saying absolute candor. I dig that. Mm, I dig that. <laughs> it was nice to have Michael's mum back. We didn't make too much. There was an actually there was a cute little moment where. Um, yeah. Michael and her mom were having a bit of an argument and Tilly was like, my mom didn't really like kids around. And if she were here, I would just give her a big hug. Yeah. Tilly's, As if to uh, yes. say, stop fighting. How could dare you fight? You've both flown a thousand miles into the future. <laughs> you were the red angel for Christ's sake. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tilly's on point. Tilly's doing what Tilly do. Tilly, I like where Tilly's at. <gasps> Is it Tilly time? It's Tilly time. Tilly, don't be silly. You know what? That might be the best thing I've ever made. Wow. Uh, it's hmm. so happy. I love it. It makes me feel so it is I happy. feel good listening to it, and I don't like listening to myself ever. <laughs> I always love the rundown and Google. Well, Googling Google's, that. Google's great because yeah. it feels like it's for a game show. <laughs> you can Google that. Um, it's probably the lowest I've ever managed to do it. It's also. Whatever it is, is the lowest I can possibly say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good Lord. I think, yeah. I think we have gone on long enough. Don't we have you? gone, yeah. So let's hit next time. Next time on Set Phasers. Yes. Next time on Set Phasers, we'll be discussing episode four of season four of, of Star Trek Discovery. And the title of the, I looked up the title as I always do when I can. It is All is Possible. All is possible. Possible, 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 possible. Um, I'll try and do an effect on that. Yes. Uh, well, thank you so much, dear listeners, for joining us. We are Set Phasers, a highly logical Star Trek podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Set Phasers. And Aki, where, where do they go if they want to join the Patreon? If you want to go to the join the Patreon, listen, if you want to support us, patronize us even, we can take it. You can go to uh, patreon.com slash setphasers. And uh, there's a couple cool things up there. And if you are part of it, you'll see me dancing right now. Yes, Aki and the dancing. Don't forget, we have our Netflix watch party slash tele party Sunday, the 12th of December. So if you do want to join us for that and watch Trek with other nerds just like us and us, then go to our Patreon and sign up and we will allow you to do so. And uh, anything else? Uh, Well, we should mention that we put out new episodes every Monday. That's true. Uh, You can find them wherever you get your podcasts at Phasers. We've we've reviewed all so many seasons of there's so many back episodes you could you could spend a month listening to our mellifluous voices discussing you could a, a, a future of joy and happiness indeed well uh enough of all this guff uh computer i think it's time to go but until next time i am stevie mans and i am no qualitative evidence of superluminous radiation and this <laughs> is set phasers a highly illogical star trek podcast Computer. End program. Mm.